Welcome to the Silverleaf Investment Advisor Market and Economic Outlook Podcast. My name is Daniel Rendler with Silverleaf Investment Advisors. I am a financial advisor who is also an accredited investment fiduciary. Our company specializes in comprehensive financial planning and fiduciary investment management that focuses on the best interest of our clients. The information I will share with you today is from Brian Westbury's blog, Monday Morning Outlook. He is the chief economist of First Trust, an investment management company, and is a trusted resource to the financial services community. In this podcast, we will look at Brian Westbury of First Trust, July 6th, Monday Morning Outlook. Twin deficits won't tank the dollar. Many analysts have been thinking and writing about twin deficits and whether the record-breaking size of those two deficits combined mean the U.S. dollar is about to plummet versus other currencies. Before we get into the weeds, a little background is necessary. When people talk about twin deficits, they are talking about the budget deficit plus the trade deficit combined. These two deficits were 22.8% of the GDP in the year ending in the first quarter, easily the highest on record. Before the pandemic, the record high was 12.8% of GDP back in 2009. Before the financial crisis, previous peaks included 8.7% in 2004 through 2005 and 8% back in 1985 through 1986. The reason they are called the twin deficits is that superficial Keynesian theory suggests they should go together. The idea is that if the United States runs a larger budget deficit, it should have higher interest rates which should drive up the value of the dollar. In turn, a higher, higher dollar means more imports and lower exports. This theory seemed to work in the late 1980s. Budget deficits grew under President Reagan, mostly because of more defense spending, and so did the trade deficit. However, the theory fell apart in the 1990s when the budget deficit fell. If theory held, you'd expect the trade deficit to shrink too, but that didn't happen. In fact, the current account deficit, which is the most comprehensive measure of the trade deficit, hit a new peak at 3.9% of GDP in 2000, even higher than the peak of 3.3% in the late 1980s. What this showed was that the old Keynesian theory behind the twin deficits was too superficial and the two deficits don't have to move in tandem. What really matters isn't whether the government runs a larger or smaller budget deficit. What matters is the set of policies the government is implementing. In the 1980s, the Reagan administration cut tax rates, deregulated, and got inflation under control. All of these policies made the U.S. a better place to invest. These policies attracted capital from the rest of the world, which pushed up the dollar and also increased the trade deficit. In the 1990s, a large combination of factors helped the economy and also reduced the budget deficit. These include lower inflation which effectively reduced the effective capital gains tax rate, the peace dividend, which allowed for less military spending. President Clinton holding to the federal spending caps inherited from President Bush, the failure of Clinton care, enacting welfare reform and Medicare reform, free trade packs, and the natural aging of the baby boomers into their peak earning years. All of these helped reduce the budget deficit, but they also made the U.S. a better place to invest. And being a better place to invest meant the higher dollar and an increase in the trade deficit. So in the 1990s, the twin deficits were not twins at all. The budget deficit went down and the trade deficit went up. Right now, the combined twin deficit is at a record high. But notice that almost all of the increase is due to budget deficit. 
The trade deficit is larger than it was a year ago, but it is roughly the average it has been for the past 20 years. Now ask yourself, since the onset of COVID, since when the budget deficit has soared, has the U.S. adopted policies to improve its long-term growth potential? Have we cut tax rates? Have we deregulated? Have we reined in our, or reformed government spending programs or made them more actuarially sound? No, we have not, unfortunately. What we have done is spent future taxpayers' money like there is no tomorrow to generate some extra economic growth in the short term. The pandemic-related policy set in pl- place, the U.S. is not as dollar-friendly or investment-friendly as what we did in the 1980s or 1990s. However, because every other country has done similar things, the U.S. is a relative safe haven for economic activity versus others. Considering this, we do not expect a massive increase in the trade deficit to match the surge in the budget deficit. The lack of a massive trade deficit to match the budget deficit is important for forecasting the dollar because a massive trade deficit could put political pressure on the Federal Reserve to reduce the exchange value of the dollar by postponing rate hikes. Again, we don't see this happening, but at least it brings us back to what really matters for predicting future changes in the value of the dollar, monetary policy. Forecasting changes in the dollar is probably the toughest part of managing assets, and right now we are not forecasting the dollar to either plunge or soar in the next year. The one thing we know is that if the dollar does make a big move in either direction, it won't be because of what we already know about the twin deficits. Daniel Rendler and Todd Rendler are registered representatives offering securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member of FINRA, SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. Financial planning services offered through Silverleaf Advisors are separate and unrelated to Commonwealth. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency, Rendler Sales Consulting, or Silverleaf Investment Advisors. Opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of its host and its guests. All content is provided for information and education only and should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor a recommendation to buy or sell securities. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor, attorney, or accountant. Consultation with the appropriate professional should be done before any financial commitments regarding the issues related to the situation above are made.